Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. I would like to say a big happy anniversary to our guests tonight, who are Lori Granger and Mike Schaff from Two Trues. Thanks for coming tonight, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having Two us. years in the bar biz. Yeah. How's it been? Happy anniversary. Oh, Thank man. You. <laughs> we, uh, we talk about this often, like the bar is our baby, um, that Mike is my work wife, uh, and that together we have made this child. And so I think like two years in, you're like, okay, the baby is alive. The baby is kicking. Starting to walk, it's walk on its walking on its own. We can leave it with a sitter maybe from time to time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely feels analogy. like we're not where maybe we were scrambling to make sure that everything was above water, like in every way possible. I feel like we're now like, all right, we're getting our stride. And you're the general manager, right, am, Lori? Yeah. And then Mike, you are one of the founders or? I was there at the start. Actually, Lori was there at the start as well. But uh, me and a friend of mine had started the place and come up with started coming up with cocktails and. So how did it start? How did two truths come together? A friend of mine got offered a chance to become an operator of a bar, and he leaped at the opportunity, and he came to me and says, "I don't know a whole lot about cocktails, but I want to start a cocktail bar. <laughs> do you do you want to be my bar manager?" And I said, yes, I wasn't doing anything else at the time. So I immediately jumped up the opportunity to keep going with the craft that I had started to learn at Brothers Drake. Okay. So you were at Brothers Drake before. Was that your first? First time putting together cocktails. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then where does the name Two Truths come from? We get the name Two Truths out of Egyptian mythology. In Egyptian mythology, when you died, you were confronted by Anubis and Anubis would take your heart and he'd weigh it on the scales of truth or sorry, he'd weigh it on the scales against the feather of truth. And if it was heavier than a feather, you got into the granted access to the afterlife. If it was heavier, it was, uh, I say that wrong. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> if it was lighter, you got right. into heaven. Yeah. If it was heavier, it was eaten by a demonic beast. And this all happened in the hall of double mot or the hall of two truths. And so the, yeah. the idea was, you know, when you come in, how heavy are your burdens? We don't have the TV on. If you want to be entertained, you had to talk to somebody there with you or talk to the bartender. I love that, by the way. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was to encourage. It's a lot of balancing of spirits. Yeah. <laughs> both, it was to both figuratively and, and literally, yeah. People being part of the community and talking about what's going on and supposed to being in their phones or sitting in front of the babysitter, i.e. TV. And we wanted to have a place that was going to build the community and be part of it and help people make friendships and acquaintances and networking and all sorts. Well, you've obviously done a great job because you are consistently voted one of the best bars in the city by every best publication that we have. <laughs> yeah. So um, you guys have a lot of events as well, we do. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's one of the things I handle. So Mike's the bar manager. I'm the GM. Really, we just split a role that could have been one role, uh, but we were both really active and invested in in the bar. Um, kind of came into this role about a year ago when the original founder moved on. And um, one of the things that I picked up from him uh, was events planning. Um, and I'm not as well-connected 
um, as the the former manager was. And so um, specifically like in the hip hop and DJ and house scene that we were getting a lot of. Um, so we do this really cool thing where we have like classic cocktails, but we also have just what turns into fucking fantastic music. Tell me I'm allowed to say. No, absolutely. So this is like, um, so I always talk about like that. This is such a wonderful marriage of things that we love. And if we were going to go drink a cocktail someplace, we would want to go someplace where we were hearing music, um, that we loved and seeing people kind of like living out like different genre of culture, like right in front of us. So whether it was our own or not. And so I found ways of getting more connected, hit people up on Instagram and Facebook and all of those places and, and just said, like, I have a venue if you would like to play here. We're a cocktail bar, so we're not a club. So if you can find something that, like, is a great chill vibe, we want you. And so it's been a lot of great places. Um, a lot of Columbus parties now that have grown out of our bar, um, we kind of get to, like, be, like, proud parents of, of watching. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of watching um, specific dance parties and different things that have happened in Columbus where they've just outgrown our space, which is kind of what we love, is that they've, like, made that... Um, that jump from kind of a chill vibe to like growing their own brand and their own culture and their own scene. And so we have to send them on their way because we are only the size that we are. But so we have a, a mutual friend, Paul Bonasaro, who's a DJ and he DJed our very first party when we were doing pop-ups. So before the bar <laughs> opened, we threw three or four pop-ups um, yeah. to kind of help get, we are not like the bar that is also owned by this person and this person and this person, it's kind of a small contingent of people. Um, with, we know, we own no other bars. <laughs> um, and to get the money to kind of operate, we were throwing these parties to help like put booze on the back shelf. Um, and Paul really helped us out with that, but he, uh, is the, the star he founded hips, which is a great dance party in Columbus now. So okay. it's really fun to watch. I think they're at the Bluestone now. They've grown they, from, they, they've yeah. gone from us to, Brothers Drake and so now to the to Blue Bluestone, Stone. Yeah. so they're just so going bigger and bigger. It's really that's cool. Awesome. It's just a really fun thing to be able to like help launch other people in their dreams and their vision. So. And that's sort of what the place was about from the start is that we wanted a platform for all of our close friends that were DJs, that were musicians to have a place that they could start practicing their music in a live setting. Yeah. And so many of them have continued on to go to bigger and bigger venues as necessary, which is great for them. Yeah. Like we're super happy. We give them all the love we can. And sending people their way still, but for uh, sure. Even now, Lori's found like no other young upstarts to come into the bar and give them a chance. And so we stuck with that over the past two years. And it's years. not just music, yeah. So now we have a, a monthly burlesque night. Uh, it's actually this Tuesday. We have a monthly comedy night. That's this Wednesday. When is the burlesque? I love burlesque. So we do burlesque monthly. And I think we might be the only place in the short north doing it, but it is the third Tuesday of the month. Um, the Columbus Velvet Hearts, which is a really great uh, troupe of. Um, there's women of color, there are, uh, people who are trans and people who are like everywhere on a spectrum. Um, so a, definitely a different vibe. Um, but they are that burlesque culture. So it's really cool to bring them in. And it definitely gives that like speakeasy vibe that the bar, like mm -hmm. kind of just exudes on its own. Um, like I always get this like 1920s Berlin feel on Tuesday nights when I, and I love, I bartend that night and I love bartending that night. Cause it's like people coming off the street and they're like, what? I love that. What is happening here? <laughs> you know? so, so great. It's, it's fun for that. Um, but we have a, a monthly, uh, comedy night. That's the third Wednesday of the night it was, uh, it's with Brooke Cardis, who's like really been making a name for herself in the comedy scene. Um, and Angie Healy. And then, yeah, we have, um, 
We have Throwback Hip Hop, uh, the first Saturdays of the month with DJ O'Sharp, who's a, a legend in Columbus. Um, we have Salve, which is like more of a lounge and funk night uh, with uh, Jay Rawls, um, who's like a professor of sorts in music. I don't know his background super well, but I know that like everyone who, again, this is one of those things I didn't know the like the scene well, and they're like, hit up Jay Rawls. Um, and he does a fantastic night with us as well. So That's amazing. We've got, if you check our Facebook and our Instagram, we have events happening definitely every weekend but we have jazz this is your this is your yes. end of the world we have jazz thursdays and fridays jazz thursdays yeah. and fridays I, so yeah i'm a huge jazz fan so when the place first started i was like i i need a jazz night there's there's just not enough of them in the city and i know so many people that are such big fans absolutely yeah. so there's not enough music in the city i'm so glad you guys are doing this because yeah, when you. we visit bigger cities like we're going to new orleans this week for the bourbon festival yes. and the thing we love about new orleans is you know you can walk around and hear the different music going on mm -hmm. and then just decide what you want to listen to and go inside yep. and we've always said that's what we're missing in columbus but you guys are, yeah. are yeah. sounds like you're bringing that to what's for the sure. what's the thing that goes on where people dress up at 1920s oh, yeah. oh, so there's so many events it's hard to like <laughs> it's hard to like give you the the list so swank um just actually celebrated its first year with us um uh arlette roper who's a fantastic vinyl dj in columbus there's a lot of djs in columbus there's not a lot of djs djing with vinyl still um, and she, yeah, we managed to get all of them. I think <laughs> we, might, we might have them all. Um, if we don't, and you're listening to this, hit me up via Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> um, no, so Arlette and I, uh, knew each other from a former employment position that we, we both kind of were in the same role, um, with a, a company that I worked for many years ago. And I knew that she had this party and I knew that it had kind of, in a lot of ways got like bumped from bar to bar just due to like changes in management of bars and different things. And she wasn't just, she wasn't in a place that was fitting her really well at the time. Um, and I hit her up and said, if it's ever not working for you, come hit me up and let me know. We'd love to have you in our bar. Um, and she got really excited about being able to take it back to, um, a classic cocktail bar, like where she was originally. And so, um, she spends twenties to forties, uh, vinyl. So it's a lot of big band and jazz and swing, like, yeah. yeah, swing music. Um, and people come dressed up and it's fun. That's they like, so fun. it's like the night that we are all like dressed up behind the bar. You'll see Mike in a tie for like, you know, <laughs> really? where he likes to have like three buttons unbuttoned at all times. Like currently, <laughs> um, he, he will have a tie You're on. I didn't show up in sweatpants and a t-shirt. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you could have, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a night that we get dressed up and, and, and people come in off the street in whatever. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I came into a prom in my sweatpants. Um, but it is cool to see those who like, we see maybe, Birthday parties come maybe in like too, 15 though, or 20 of the same people every time that just love it and come in different, like outfits. There are people who are like posting on Instagram and Facebook. They're like that they're making these outfits every month or they're finding them in vintage stores. That's and awesome. yes. So it's really cool. It's like fun to kind of see, um, this little, like, again, another little subculture of people that just come and love the cocktails and the music. I'm doing that because I have yeah. several outfits from yeah, the 1920s. Come out. It's my thing. Yeah. That is oh, my jam. For sure. And uh, one couple showed up in vintage army fatigues from World War One. Oh, yeah. wow. And a vintage nurse outfit from World War One. Oh, that's yeah. cool. But it, we'll have that and then we'll have you know, college kids celebrating their 21st, 22nd birthday and they want to do like a roaring 20s Gatsby style yep. and they come into our Let's Swank night nice. and they have a great time and they start looking at the cocktail menu and all of a sudden they're drinking cocktails all night. Right. Cool. 
Blair actually has a vintage Cleveland firefighters overcoat Ooh. that yeah. he found at one of the local vintage stores for a nice. Halloween party that we did. So Blair, we could, it sounds like you have to come out as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If, if she's going, I'm going to. Is there a cover charge for There's these? There's not. So oh, wow. I would say 95% of the events happening in the bar do not have a cover charge, and we do that intentionally. Um, every now and then when you do have one, it, usually it's because there's um, some talent that's coming from out of state or something like that right. that we need to compensate for. Um, but we like to do that because we want it to be something that if you came out for the event, great. If you didn't come out for the event, we still want you to come in and drink and have a great time with us. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's kind of one of the philosophies is to keep it approachable. We like to keep our cocktails approachable. We want to make the music approachable. Um, and really in the short north, um, as its face is changing, you know, for whatever good, bad and indifferent, um, I think those spaces are becoming less and less. And so mm -hmm. that's something that we really want to continue to foster and have. So how do you come about your cocktail menu? How do you develop your menu? Is it a collaboration or does... It's absolutely a collaboration. I mean, on one side of the menu, on the classic side, we'll have me and Lori sitting down and going, all right, well, what classic cocktails are going to fit our seasonal menus? So right now we change it about every six months. Probably start changing it more as I get antsy to make more numerous different types of cocktails. But um, we'll throw all that together on the classic side and just agree what fits for the season and what can we make, what will be fun if there's something new that we want to make. And then on the house side, the house side is actually a collaboration of people from all over the city. Uh, mm -hmm. Annie Williams has a couple cocktails on her menu that she had created for us back Gary when White we first from started. Yeah. yeah, Gary White from Denmark, Sean from Denmark as well. Mm -hmm. Helped out with cocktails. Former bartenders of ours. Oh still yeah, have. JT, yeah. Uh, who's a great bartender. He's, he's worked at, at numerous. Now, yeah. He's at Sidebar yeah. now. He's worked at numerous places. Throughout oh yeah, the we know JT. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys. Yep. Shay, who you've had on. Shay, Shay who yeah, you've had on. Yeah, the Shaviation. Exactly. Yeah, the Shaviation. <laughs> such a great. Oh, I'm so mad at Gifford for discontinuing <laughs> Black Rose Liqueur, but it's. <laughs> but yeah, so and on, on the house side, we'll have bartenders like Shay and JT on the menu. Annie Williams, myself, Lori. Mm -hmm. Anybody that we know that, you know, has a great cocktail and wants to put it on the menu and wants yeah. to give it to us, yeah. if they're not bartending somewhere <laughs> else, we're, we're more than happy to have it. And we love having a, like a collaboration from all over the city. And a lot of that was, menu. right. A lot of that was when we first started, we were still learning uh, how to craft cocktails ourselves that were riffs on classics. And we uh, got... You know, we went around to some of those people that we saw as our mentors in Columbus. You know, what something I love about the Columbus cocktail scene is that it's not, we are not in competition with each other. Mm -hmm. We kind of are all like- It's a collective, raising, it's wonderful. Too. Raising the bar, pun intended, together. Um, and so <laughs> getting to sit down and talk with, um, you know, like I was just talking with him on the way over, Christina Basham, who's done amazing. I think she's also been on this, right? Um, Christina with yes. now with Middle West, but also she has her side bubbles and agave is like giving us some tips and yep. And Sean from Denmark and, um, and Gary and Annie and all of these people that we, um, have kind of held up as our own like mentors in the city of like, how do we want to, how do we want to make a cocktail menu look? And so, um, yeah, it's been Can really cool regular have people have a, have a cocktail on your menu. Maybe we haven't thought about it. Because uh, we have, have a cocktail. We got a cocktail. And it comes with a video and birth control. Oh, and I'm sorry. Can you, can you expand <laughs> on the last part? So it is called the Knocked Up Cocktail. 
And it was created for the uh, USBG Makers Mark prom night. Mm -hmm. Okay. They did, like, you had to do a video and create this cocktail. And so the video is on our Facebook page. But um, so I did this video. Blair actually created the cocktail. It's uh, it's a riff on a sidecar. Okay. It's just you okay. switch out the uh, cognac for and use bourbon instead. But not, not just bourbon. You have to use the barrel proof. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. so it's a, yeah. ah. Okay. Yeah. Hence, I, I, the I, name. I'm understanding the name a bit more now. Yeah. <laughs> and so the reason we called it the Knocked Up was because it was for the the prom senior night. prom yeah. night, mm-hmm. and I didn't go to my senior prom because I was knocked up. So oh, great. And story if you drink, if you drink wow. too many of them, you're getting knocked you're up. Get Somebody's knocked. getting knocked up. So <laughs> <laughs> side note is that we have um, the out of the closet, which is also the Equitas Health people are across the street from us. Oh, that's sure. fun. I think we might be the only bar in the Short North that regularly has condoms sitting yes. on our bookshelf and you would be amazed at how many people grab those so maybe maybe well, we would, that's, that's well, good we would just uh close pin one to the side of the glass that would be so fun i would provide the condoms there we go <laughs> <laughs> you know keeping keeping people healthy so Lori, were you a bartender before also or I what's your background not. so a great thing about mike and i is that we complement each other really well mike has a, a wealth of knowledge in the bartending land that i did not have um i actually came in for the new year's party that they had uh prior to opening and uh, Mike was behind the bar um, and getting buried a little bit. Um, and I had bar backed prior, but only like really casually and like a couple nights a week uh, when I was when I was just between jobs. So I was like, I'll come back there and do some stuff for you. Um, and that turned into quickly. Um, They're like, can you come back next week? We have another party. And so I was bar backing for a little bit um, and Mike started teaching me uh how to how to build a cocktail and how well, that's awesome you know like everything from like dilution and ice and you know what should be double strained and shaken and how what tastes good together and things like that and just memorizing uh, recipes that were already existent on the menu at that point um, but yeah I picked it up quickly um, but where I, my strength is um, and it's kind of why we split our roles is that I have a background in HR I have a, b- a background in general management. Um, I worked for the hard shit. Exactly. <laughs> Things I didn't want to do. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> I talk about this. I worked for Starbucks for a decade um, and they taught me everything I need to know about managing just about anything. Um, God love them and their billions of dollars that they threw at like learning processes and how to teach processes because I can apply it to almost anything I've done. Um, I worked in e-commerce after that and then I ran a cleaning business and that's what I was doing up until this to this venture. Um, but in. But it's great because I have HR conversations with Mike all the time about how to handle some things that are a little more difficult in, in like working with people. Um, oh, I bet it lends itself really yeah. well. And to... he teaches me cocktails. And so we uh, together, we have both kind of put our, you know, we definitely put on our learning caps a bit to like fill in the gaps of what we didn't already know. But it's been great to have him as a resource. And I think he'd say the same about me yes. on my end of the <laughs> strength Absolutely. of things. So. So yeah. when you have an uh, someone that you is acting up in your bar and you don't want them in your bar, you just put on your HR hat and you just go up to them and like explain to them that. Well, I, that's a bouncer a little bit more, but yeah, <laughs> I could probably do that too. I, uh, HR is kind of a bouncer. For sure. It's a bouncer of sorts, certainly. Thankfully, um, we don't have that happen in yeah. our bar very often at all. That is, oh, that is a, an upside of maybe... Um, not being a volume bar is that there's not as much of that, but no. you know, cocktails make people do silly things too. So we've yeah. all been there. Yeah. That's why we love them. Yeah. 
All right. So we are going to take a break and Mike is going to mix us up a cocktail. What are you going to make for us tonight? Tonight I'm making a cocktail off our menu called the Ace Spoon Sazerac Coon. <laughs> yes. Ace Spoon Sazerac Coon. It, well, it, it's, uh, so it's a mezcal take on a classic Sazerac. It got its name because uh, a couple of our partners at the bar like to give everybody nicknames. My nickname ended up being ABC or Ace Boon Coon. And when I'm sitting struggling to figure out a drink name, that's what came to mind. because It just <laughs> sort of rolled off the tongue. And I was like, sure, why not? So that that's going to be uh, what we're making today. This is the first time I'm hearing the story about why this was named. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. yeah. I, was I like, huh, okay. I'm also that person that every time it came to like enter a video game character name, I've sat there for like 10 minutes trying to think of one and ended up with something that I was like, eh. So <laughs> pretty much my MO for coming up with cocktail names. But the cocktail itself will, will speak volumes, hopefully. That's well, that's great. the goal, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to drink the Ace Boon Coon. Sazerac Coon. Ace Boon Sazerac Coon. All right. <laughs> And we are back with the Ace Boon Sazerac Coon. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. It has a nice ring to it now that I know how. Ace Boon Sazerac Coon. All right. Uh, cheers. 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 <laughs> okay. I get the lemon mm -hmm. immediately. The absinthe immediately. Mm -hmm. mm. And the mezcal. The mezcal. That smokiness yeah. of the mezcal yeah. is like what just lingers in the mouth. Yeah. So yeah. I have to say, I used to not like mezcal because I don't like smoke, smoky things, but mm -hmm. I love it in a cocktail. It really brings it, it out. It really comes out and shows its true colors in a cocktail, I think. So tell us all the ingredients. This is a pretty complicated cocktail, <laughs> it's, isn't it's it? has got a few ingredients. So uh, uh, the main spirit being mezcal, obviously. And uh, I use an espadine. Uh, mezcal and so that's it's typically pretty young mezcal it's a clear mezcal as well uh so it hasn't spent any time in a barrel okay and so uh, uh, thus hasn't very much become too complex it's nice because it it lets other flavors and it show through because the other flavors that we also use are cavados vsop cavados for people that don't know what it is is it's in the brandy family, but instead of being made out of grapes, it's made out of pears or apples. Okay. Um, there's there's like 200 different types of, like, of apples that could be used for Calvados. Uh, the VSOP means it's it spent at least two years in a barrel. Uh, and I always forget how to announce this, pronounce this, but the Pédouage. Sounds but, good to me. Again, <laughs> I can't remember, but it, but it just means it, uh, it spent an extra uh, two years minimum in a barrel and spent at least four years in uh, various regions of France, just like brandy. It could only come from certain regions, uh, one of them being one of my favorite regions ever of France, which is Sarth. Uh, not been there, but the Circuit de la Sarth is also the 24 hours of Le Mans race that takes place every year. So that's oh. why I get so giddy Very about cool. it. <laughs> but 
Uh, is this that, a car back thing? To the back to the alcohol. <laughs> Mike's a car gearhead outside. Uh, yeah, of this, so uh, this is, he always gives me car references, and I'm like, I have no idea what or, you're talking or about. Your car. <laughs> or fixes my car. That's fine. Um, and so I, those are the two ingredients, uh, well, as well as the agave simple syrup. Uh, we make an in-house agave simple syrup that we reduce down with just by pouring next to some water into it, thin it out a little bit so it's not super heavy and thick in the cocktail and over-sweetening it. Okay. And that's where you're really going to differ from a traditional Sazerac. Otherwise, it still uses Peychaud's bitters. It still uses Angostura bitters. Uh, it's Absinthrins is still yeah, there. And yeah, the, and the absinthrins is still there, just wow. like you would a typical Sazerac. It's really delicious. But and like I said, I... I I didn't know I liked Mezcal until I, I had it in a cocktail. Like, it's not something that I'm going to drink on its own. Or maybe I will if I find the right Mezcal. But Now you know um, how to say the name of the cocktail. You might really enjoy ordering it. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm definitely coming. We should go to the burlesque show. We should go, and, yeah. And get this tomorrow cocktail. Night. Be awesome. I realize that this is going to air long after the show happens. <laughs> that's why I'm here tomorrow night. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, every third Tuesday, you two can join them for burlesque. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So you rinse the glass... With the absinthe, with the absinthe you yep. uh, built a cocktail, mm. and then you uh, you shook it, and then you expressed a lemon over it so that yes. we get the the, so the smell. aromatics of the lemon coming through. And you have the oil of the lemon. I could see it floating on top there, which gives it a nice lemony flavor. I wanted to be as close to a sazerac as I could, with while still changing up the spirit. Um, it's really good. How do you how do you like it, Blair? I like it a lot. It's uh, again, I'm not a huge fan of mezcal, but like you, in a cocktail, in the right circumstance, and especially the ones that aren't quite as smoky as others, I do like them quite a bit. Uh, but this cocktail is delicious, and it's a nice riff on a sazerac. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You still know it's a sazerac. But it's yeah. but it's obviously not because there's no rye Cause, in here. Because there's no what rye. Right. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't make my sazeracs with any. I was rye like, are we going to go down you the don't path? Know. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. So there's two schools of thought around a sazerac. Um, their rye is what you will more traditionally see it made with now. Sure. However, there was um, a sazerac is a New Orleans based cocktail, um, and there was a. Some kind of plague <laughs> disease In of the first the, quarter yeah, of the 19th century. Exactly. Sure. Of uh, the grape, of the like the grape fields there that cognac was becoming more and more difficult to get their hands on. And so it switched over to rye in that time. I want to say it's mid 1920s. Um, that that happened. Am I right there? Yeah, it, okay. it would be mid 1920s. He's like Googling the check on that. <laughs> but yeah, so we talk about it where it was traditionally made with cognac. It is now right. more regularly seen with rye. I too like mine with rye. Um, however, I don't know. Get a good cognac in there, and it's like in the winter, a great cognac like just does it. Yeah, I yeah. like it both ways too. Yeah, we've had it both ways, and yeah. it, it is delicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I traditionally like the rye better, but so Lori, you have a uh, you have a hobby in uh, in a little thing <laughs> an called expensive hobby herb yeah. herbalism. Sure. <laughs> So um, uh, I worked for I was a I worked in e-commerce uh, for several years. Uh, I was an executive for the company. When I left, um, I went into business for myself, cleaning houses, and I went from like an eighty-hour work week to a twenty-hour work week. And I was like, "What else will I do?" Um, 
it was around a time I was getting into yoga and I started studying, um, like the sister science to yoga that's called Ayurveda, but it was Indian homeopathy essentially. And so we learn a lot about herbalism in that. There's a lot about like diet and nutrition, but herbalism is a huge piece of that. And so while we were on the break, I was talking a little bit about um, Peychaud's, which is one of the bitters in this cocktail and kind of the history of the marriage between the old school apothecary and the classic cocktail. Um, and it's something that I love today because it, because my very expensive education that I went into actually gets to come into use from time to time. Um, and it's cool to be Which able is to, what? Uh, so, so Ayurveda, so I have, uh, I have a clinical theory degree in, in Ayurveda. And so I, uh, go oh, back wow. and, and don't use it often now, but I do craft some cocktails with, with herbs. So we currently have a, a menu that is like just a mini menu that, um, are a bunch of herbal infusions. And so I talk a little bit on those menus about like something that is a, like an herb for liver support or, or herb for digestive support, which is what Peychaud's bitters, those right. bitters are a digestive support. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of marrying the cocktail and the herbalism side again is something that I'm really passionate about. If I got to go down a, a long, long and dark rabbit hole, you would find <laughs> a lot of cocktails on our menu that are like very obscure herbs and what they do for your body as well as like imbibing on, on the spirit itself. So we can be healthy while we're, while that's we're, right. while we're that's right. drinking. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. I mean, most tinctures are, are made with grain alcohol. And so if you put it on a large scale and you add some citrus and some simple, you've got a cocktail. Okay. So what's the best <laughs> herb for my liver? Ooh, for a liver, there's so many great herbs for it. Uh, dandelion burdock, actually. I was just saying that I was in Toronto last year and picked up um, a bottle of bitters, and I can't even remember who made it at the time, but it was really intriguing to me. Um, dandelion, like dandelion and burdock are both, are. I'm, I live in Wyland Park in Columbus, and I have a plethora of dandelion and burdock. Burdock is that big, obnoxious leaf that grows in your garden uh, that like chokes everything else out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know what dandelions are pretty well, but those are... Uh, two herbs that are, their roots are used, um, they're a liver tonic. And so I actually have a dandelion burdock soda in one of our cocktails right now that um, is a great, great liver support. So, you know, drink so, a little booze, drink a little dandelion s- burdock and even it out. Even it out, yeah. So you can drink as much as you want and your liver will not fail you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets to sue me over this claim, right? <laughs> so did I understand you to say you have a separate menu for that? So yeah, it's just a little side menu um, that we have like printed out. So we'll we'll do from time to time. Uh, Mike and I get really excited about side cocktails, and since we're still at the place as a baby bar of doing a full menu um, at like once every six months. Um, we now don't get to call ourselves a baby bar anymore. We're a toddler. We're two years we're old. Yeah. We're, we're walking on our own. Um, however, uh, instead of having to wait six months to launch a cocktail, it's great to just do little side menus from time to time to time. So if you do drop in and you are curious of what what else might be going on, we can throw a menu at you. We also have like a little chalkboard on the side. Oh, I'm you totally can see doing it, that. But it's kind of like a if you know, you know. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll know more about it too. Okay. Yeah. Kind I should do that. Cocktail menu. Yeah. Mike on. Mike does our barrel aged and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, I, I did my first barrel aged over the winter. Did a barrel aged four, watershed four peel Negroni and a barrel aged Redemption Rye Manhattan. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. I had no experience doing it. I had to, did a lot of Google research to figure out how to get this started. Uh, asked a couple people that I know um, 
that I'd done them, I know that PJ over at the bar manager Match over at Seven Matchsticks mm-hmm. had done them before. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. So I had a lot of fun with the first round. The uh, the Redemption Rye Manhattan was so good and so smooth that it went, it, it finished <laughs> in three weeks in the barrel. And then another three weeks, it was all gone. It drinks mm-hmm. like water. Yeah, can, it's so smooth. Um, another barrel that I got right now, a brand new charred barrel that I got, I'm going to throw a bunch of sherry in it for about two weeks and then pull all the sherry out, have a bourbon barrel aged sherry, and then throw another cocktail into the barrel that had the sherry coating in it to add another layer onto the barrel aged cocktail and just to see what else I can do with it. Mm, it's so fun. That, yeah, that's where I have my fun for sure. So tell me a bar story. I know you guys have to have a bar story that you can share with me. <laughs> I know you do, Mike. What do you mean? Like what kind of story? <laughs> we got a lot of stories. Where do you want us to go with this? Wherever you wherever you want to go. Um, Shay told me a story, and, and I think she was hallucinating. I think she was hitting the mushrooms a little too hard, but she told <laughs> us about the, her seeing two unicorns and oh. two trues. Oh, she hasn't told us that story. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't even heard this one yet. So I'll tell a story, if, and you can tell Go me if you it. want. So maybe it's on the maybe we're haunted. Who knows? Maybe it's unicorns. Who knows what it is? <laughs> but um, so we are. We sit in the former Blazers pub. So those who've lived in Columbus for a long time, this is a thirty-five year old. It was a thirty-five year old lesbian dive bar. Um, so I like to think that I'm a queer woman. So I. I connect with my lesbian ghosts well. Um, so I like to think that we have some like lesbian ghosts who are like both like cheering us on and also like trying to keep it real for us a little bit. So like, you know, when we have something fancy and it just falls off a shelf, they're like, remember this was a dive bar. You gotta, you gotta keep it real. So <laughs> I'm there alone a lot, opening, closing, middle of the day, and some weird stuff just seems to happen from time to time where I'm like, oh, the lights are flickering, the, and the plants are falling off one. the walls, and like, wow. So I mean, who knows? Who knows what kind of hauntings we hauntings might have? We but have. that's, I mean, that's mine. We have, we have enough spirits in the place. We might we, as well. What's <laughs> a few compliment more. them with? Yeah, some, some from the afterlife. If you so will. wait, literally. Uh, uh, you'll be like, da, 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 like mm-hmm. doing your HR yeah. stuff, yeah. and then a plant will like fly off the it wall. It won't fly off the wall. It's not like it's not like poltergeist in there. But I mean, <laughs> there are moments where like the heat kicks on and like something just falls off. Where I'm like, mm, did I do that? Did you know? Like, was it the heat that just kicked on? What's happening? So, uh, who's to say? Maybe you have to come in and figure Interesting. out. Interesting. Like, what do you got? I mean, you don't have to have a poltergeist story. I don't, I don't have a poltergeist story, no. Um, some of the most memorable times at the bar is I've been sort of left alone at times on, on accident, maybe partially due to my own scheduling issues. Did errors. the heat come on? What? Did the heat come on? He's always coming on. He's always, well, and with those heaters back there, it's a, or the coolers back there, it's a million degrees hotter behind the bar than it is on the other side. But, um... Oh, man. I mean, I actually, uh, a girl now that I've been dating for over a year that I'm absolutely head over heels for at this point that I've known for a couple of years, uh, I met her because she walked into our bar on opening day. She was visiting from Georgia and uh, had an interview up here, and which is why she was in Columbus. And she, she said she had walked by our bar and went down the street and looked at a couple other places and was like, man, I kind of like the vibe in that place. So she came back, ends up 
closing down the bar. And when she night. walked through the door, did like the the sunshine and the, the angels there sing was, and there was there was like, her hair there was, was blowing in the wind. When she walked in for some reason, I, I knew that something was there was gonna be some sort of relationship. I didn't know if it was gonna be a friendship <laughs> or an intimate relationship or what at the time, but uh and she said she was just so drawn to it that she had to come in. She saw uh, some of our Egyptian artwork that we had up, just figures and such that we had in the bar. And she saw that we had books on our bar case or on our bar top instead of TV or whatever the video crack gambling or thing is that you Kino. see some Kino. Kino. Or we should get a Kino. Kino. Yeah, we yeah, we should Kino. totally get a Kino machine. That, I would that love would Kino be a great with a cocktail, fit. guys. Let's let's bring back Kino. <laughs> so yeah, so she came into the bar that night. She ended up closing down the whole bar, and then we talked. It was about a year until she actually moved up here, and we got to, we got to reconnect and. Now we've been dating, like I said, for a year and known each other for two, and there's no sign of that stopping. No, so that's I'm, awesome. I'm quite thankful for Mike that. Mike does everybody. It's not poltergeist, it's love. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've had just a number of people that have come in, and I'm just astonished at the people that come in and go, Oh my goodness, we love this place. We're going to be back. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much yeah. for your service, everything. We and always get that response yeah. when we bring guests to your yeah. place yeah. too. Thank you. Yeah, they they love it. They it was mm. completely unexpected. It's a door on High Street that unless you know it's there, you walk right by you it. Walk right by it. Yeah. And I can't so, tell you how many times we get that. How long have you been here? Did you just open? And I'm right. like, you're not no. a law firm. <laughs> the scales on the door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then when they come in, they have a wonderful experience, and you guys are awesome, and it really shows that and that's really i think honestly that's really like the mission for our bar is to just be a place uh where you can get a damn good cocktail good conversation um and generally connect with people and so um i think that's something that you know like as we have grown there's a lot of things that we maybe have envisioned for what this bar could have been but like we're leaning into the things that we are um and i think that's something that like mike and i both like continually go back and forth about is like let's do what we do well and let's not try to do something necessarily that's not us. Um, and so oftentimes we'll get a lot of things pitched at us as what we could be. Um, and I think we know what we do well. Um, I love that we are a great first date uh, place. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite things to sit in on a Tinder date. I get, I get, I'm a Tuesday, Wednesday bartender. Nothing better than sitting there and like being the fly on the wall for the, for the Tinder for all date. The Tinder dates. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know they're Tinder dates? Oh, you know them immediately. Like there's there's a vibe. First of all, there's somebody who comes in and they're like looking around. My, bar, my bar's not that big. And they're like looking for like somebody else who's looking for somebody else. Oh, and I love like, the awkward hug when they finally yeah. meet eyes. They go yeah. and they go, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. And there's yeah. that awkward hug where they're like, like, don't the want to get out, too close. The butt out hug, yeah, yeah butt for out sure. Hug. <laughs> like as a bartender, you're just standing there and you like see it over and over and over. You're like, okay, here it is. Um, and sometimes you watch people get stood up and it's very sad. And we like, I'm like, here's a shot on us. Like, I'm really sorry for your loss. Maybe she wasn't that great anyway, though. Maybe she wasn't. Um, but like, you'll watch it happen where, um, where they'll like greet each other. And then there's like a, like at some point you're walking over and getting a, a you know, a cocktail order from them. And they're like, so like, where, what do you do? Where are you? I'm like, clearly this is not a business meeting. Clearly this is not friends getting together. Cause they're like, What's what's your job? What's your favorite off color? In the corner, the uh, bar somewhere. But like it's cool because you kind of after a while you like learn you learn body language and you're like this is going very well or like someone gets up to go to the bathroom and you're like you can leave if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> he this up, is your chance. He picked up the tab. I won't tell. Um, 
but it's fun. It's a fun, like, I think what's great about the vibe is that it's not a loud bar, generally speaking, and there's not a lot of like outside things like distracting you. And so if you come in there's on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, right. I'm yelling at the, the Tinder dates. No, I'm not yelling at <laughs> um, but, uh, but you do get, you do get like a little bit more of an intimate vibe. And so, you know, sometimes we build the romance with like a little live jazz on Thursdays and Fridays too. So that doesn't Also hurt, a good reason but... for having the condoms in the bar. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. There Back you to go. the knocked up. It's like full circle here. There we are. Yeah. There we are. Maybe we should put the knocked up on the. I think you should. I mean, we might also call it like. Like weird first Tinder date or something. Yeah, know. maybe there should be a separate menu yeah. for that. Like, <laughs> we just <laughs> we just slide menu. over the Tinder date menu and it's like all of the like, you know, she, I got catfished. Uh, I don't know. I I can't even I can't even make all this up. As Loosen I go, up. But yeah, Loosen that's right. That would be really fun. No, I I do love your bar because it's not. Um, it's not loud and crazy and you can't hold a conversation. It's funny. I was listening to, I'm addicted to podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, I love Conan O'Brien's podcast and he actually had Michelle Obama on and she was talking about how she misses the life experience of being to being able to listen in on people's conversations yeah. because as the former first lady and, <laughs> and the first lady before that, she's surrounded by a secret service. So she never has an opportunity to do that anymore. I would just assume that everyone knows you're Michelle Obama. And they're not going to have a casual conversation around you. They're not going to like continue before, on with their Tinder date. But like, before she was Michelle the first lady, oh, okay, okay, you know, and she yeah. was just an attorney, That's you know, right. she could listen in at the grocery store at, she's like a big Chipotle fan, which I learned on the podcast. And, you know, she could listen in on the conversations that the people in front of her at Chipotle and she, and it's something you don't really think about, you know, yeah. it really, you learn a lot from, and I, it's very entertaining. I have definitely heard so many stories unintentionally. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. I'm intentional. If, I, if I'm bartending, I'm like super creeping on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lori likes to creep in. I like to like, like, sit on the sidelines and... I interject if... What next? What happened? <laughs> the the conversation's inter interesting enough. I'll jump in. But don't I, sit in front of my well if you don't want to get overheard. No. <laughs> I, well, I had a couple That's girls the other night section. that were just like... One was mad at her brother. One was mad at her husband. They, The guy... The, You're going to out them. They're going to listen people. to this and be like, damn it, he was listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is too I'm, small for this to not happen. And so they're just sitting there and just going back and forth. And I'm just hearing about how much of a piece of shit this guy is <laughs> and then i just and had to i just had to lean over and interject for a second like so is he really a piece of shit or did, is it just one a one-off situation and then i get the whole spiel about what he did and why his <laughs> wife's pissed and his well you asked yeah yeah i did but by the end of the by, by the time they left though they were both so happy because I, it's I, therapy. Well, because well, I well, I mean, because back in back in way back in the day, your bartender like in the coal mining towns, like my family is from Southern Ohio in the coal mining towns, and your bartender was not only just your bartender, he was also your therapist. Your he was also therapist. where you picked up your mail. He was also you know where you went to get away uh, from the wife and kids. He was so so he was everything, and so I've really tried to embody that in my bartending and be the place that. You can go and you can talk to the bartender for objective advice, sort of, sort of like Shears. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the same for us. And, and that's why we do what we do to highlight what you guys do. We appreciate it so much, not because we like to drink, which we obviously do, but because we have spent a lot of time, you know, we're, we've 
I was single for most of my life. And so I would sit at a bar and, and many of my best friends are bartenders that I met, you know, sitting at the bar and talking about life. And so it, it is so much more than just mixing cocktails. Yeah. It's, it's it another reason we keep the TV off is because we want, if you come in by yourself, we, we want to talk to you. We're more than happy to hold a conversation. And right. if you want to talk about your life problems, go ahead. If you want to talk about what kind of booze we use and what cocktail and why, we're also here for that. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why in our we do an amateur cocktail competition called I'm Not Really a Bartender. Yeah. And we pair amateurs with professional bartenders. And the first round of this it. is they have to... Uh, fill a drink order while talking to people. (laughs) So, you know, because that's such a a huge part of it. It's a challenge. And And it's it's harder than people know. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I'm going to put a side note on this. Uh, This is why I think that women bartenders are becoming more and more uh, prevalent because I think that women, generally speaking, are really great at multitasking. It's just something we have to do. I agree. And so we can like mix the cocktail. Mike, you you are the exception to the rule. We can mix the cocktail (laughs) and talk and bring somebody in and do something else. And in, in my experience in service industry, it just seems like such a great fit. And so I agree. There are those exceptional men out there that are doing it, but I feel like it comes really natural to women. Oh, for sure. I'm sure you're, I mean, women rule. (laughs) 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 We've got some good ones on our bar. Yeah, no, that's so fun. Well, Lori Granger and Mike Schaff, thank you so much for being our guest tonight. It's been so much fun. And so we should, if if people want to look for your events that you have just about every night. So our Instagram is Hall of Two Truths. um, And Facebook, you can just find us at Two Truths. Um, We also have a website that is just basic information, but it'll probably direct you to both of those, um, which would be twotruths.com. Well, the number two. Um, so <laughs> I was like, there's something special about it. Let me, let me think about that. But that would be the best place. Uh, we have all of our events up on Facebook. We'll usually try to invite as many people as we know. So friend us and we'll make that happen for sure. Yeah, we um, it all over Instagram as well. That's right. But we also have a chalkboard mm-hmm. in the bar. So come in. Take and what days are you open? So we're open uh, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, 6 to 12, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 to 1 on Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday are 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. All right. Yeah. Well, listeners, get into uh, Two Truths and order a, an Ace Boone Cesar Coon. It's delicious. Or ask for the special herbal menu. What do you call it? Uh, to Your Health. To Your Health menu. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. All right. Thanks, guys, so Thank much. You. Thank you. And uh, listeners, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us and review us. Uh, thanks to our producer, Greg Hensberry, for your excellent work. And thanks to our uh, original music by the biographer. Um, check out our website at clumscraftcocktailtour.com for all of our events. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at c3tour.com or Seabus like Craft Cocktail Tour. Okay. Whatever that. Yeah. That. <laughs> that one. What yeah, he said. Seabus <laughs> Craft Cocktail Tour. And always remember, drink responsibly, tip appropriately, and always be cocktail curious. Cheers. 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 Thank you, guys.